2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 has entered the podcast. The podcast about video games, nerd shit, and just two friends catch it up for the week. I am your co-host, Michael, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me, as always, is my co-host with the co-most. Derek, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc, and we're back for another week, baby. That's right. Week by week, we are just recounting it. Not a whole lot of gaming news this week, but that's okay because there's a whole lot of other stuff that we got into that I think is going to help fill the void. One of those things, Derek, is a movie that I finally got around to seeing. I finally got around to seeing Venom. Ah. Have you seen Venom? No. Yeah, I saw it when it came out. I went to the theater by myself to see like it. Like a turd. I have no shame. In the wind. Yeah. In the wind. <laughs> like a turd. I didn't want to see it because I was just already exhausted by comic book movies, which there hasn't necessarily been a drought of content, but that's been more the focus on the TV shows, obviously. And there's been a drought Mm -hmm. of movies overall for obvious reasons. And with the new trailer for Let There Be Carnage, I was like, you know, I bet I could probably find it somewhere for pretty cheap. I think I rented it on Amazon for like three bucks. Yeah, you know what? It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't yeah, great. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. It suffers from poor editing in some places, as far as context. Some things just get thrown in there, and you're like, "Where? What? How did we get here?" Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I enjoyed Tom Hardy's performance, which I'm not surprised that I would. I actually really like him as an actor. He was great in Bronson. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. Uh, but. His interactions and kind of back and forth with Venom were interesting, and I'm kind of over being a purist about it. I think originally I was just put off by the fact that Sony was constantly trying to milk their properties and insert them without context, because there really there is no yeah. Venom without Spider-Man. We can agree on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. However, going into this as, okay, let's just let that go. This is an interpretation of Venom. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's definitely Tom Hardy being sweaty and crazy for most of the movie and kind of becoming (laughs) increasingly erratic. But again, I enjoyed it for what it was. And I think if you're able to I hate to use this phrase, but if you're able to turn your brain off and just enjoy a dumb (laughs) action movie, there are worse ones out there to see than this. Like it's definitely above the likes of Ben Affleck's Daredevil. Yeah. (laughs) Catwoman for sure. (laughs) <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other bad comic book movies. The Spirit. The first Suicide Squad. The, ooh, way better than the first Suicide. Honestly, better than a lot of DC movies. As bad as Sony has been with, with their properties, and I would include Amazing Spider-Man, some of the stuff they've been doing, Venom, Spider-Verse, though Spider-Verse I think is top tier, to be honest. They really yeah, lucked Spider-verse out with is, that one. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But Venom is still above a lot of DC stuff. Except for something that we saw recently, which just dropped on theaters and HBO Max last night. So you can go out and see it right now if you want. When I say last night, of course, I mean the time of recording. Suicide Squad, the reboot. The Suicide yeah, Squad. Yeah, it's, it's called The Suicide Squad, so it's different. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Directed <laughs> by James Gunn, the same director of Guardians of the Galaxy movies, of course, formerly of Trauma. So he's got that kind of crazy sense of humor. And man, did he bring his trauma skills to this film because it is bloody violent. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's, it's sick at some points. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know why I was surprised that it was rated R, but I didn't really confirm it. I didn't realize it was. Is this the first rated R DC movie that DC is? I mean, I guess Joker. Was Joker rated R? Yeah, I believe Joker was rated R. Yeah, because there's some straight up modo 
Mold yeah, mold up some muck duck. Some muck duck. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little, a little less menacing. <laughs> right. But yeah, there was some muck duck in there for sure. And <laughs> the and some language. And it started off kind of camp, almost, I want to say, ooh, yeah, some penis and mm. some titties. And I, and I appreciate <laughs> I appreciate the equality and nudity. I always feel a little weird when it's just heavy on one side, but they really gave both sides. Like, here, if you're into this, check it out. If you're into this instead, check it out. If you're into both, yeah. it's your birthday. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but it started off, I don't know about for you, we're not going to get into spoilers. We're going to, you know, just overall. It started off a little bit too campy for me. I was like, uh, uh, it's starting to teeter. But then it kind of pulled back, and then it, it won me over almost immediately after the opening sequence. And then with context of the rest of the film, I kind of love the opening sequence. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense to you. Yeah, uh, no, it makes sense. I loved the hell out of this movie. I really enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it's like the greatest comic book movie ever. I think if you were to compare it to Marvel movies, it's your mid-tier. Like I would say it's it's better than bad Marvel movies like The Dark World. Uh, maybe right. not as good as some of the best Marvel movies, but it like I, I laughed. I had a good time with it. It was quick. It flowed well. All the acting was really decent. There were, I wouldn't say pacing issues, but the pacing did kind of, I feel like that could have been worked out a little better. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I loved it, man. Like from beginning to end, I was just like, it's not wasting my time. They got mm-hmm. right into it. They assume you've seen the first Suicide Squad movie. And know what it is because this isn't really a sequel. It's a soft. It's like reboot. it's a it's a soft. Yeah, it's a soft reboot, but they still like have some of the same characters from that first movie. So you could still call it a sequel mm-hmm. at the end of the day. But it was great. Love King Shark. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone killed it. Yeah, he's definitely. Uh, I think he did a way better job with King Shark than say Vin Diesel with Groot. Even though Vin Diesel didn't uh-huh. really have much else to say besides "I am Groot," but I love that King Shark was just a big dummy. And he was like, mm-hmm. bored. <laughs> yeah. And yes, they're like, and now put hand. down the radio. No. <laughs> uh, but no, he was, you're right. He was great. And you said that the pacing was really good and you, you liked it from start to finish. I will say this in defense and agree with you as far as compared to the first movie. A lot of humor and jokes fell flat because they just let it linger too long, especially with mm-hmm. Harley Quinn. A lot of her lines are really cringe. She's, mm-hmm. She says some weird stuff in this movie, too, but the way they edit it, it feels punchier and you just keep moving. So whether yeah. it lands or not, you just chalk it up to her being crazy and less of the movie being like, isn't this funny and clever? Because the movie doesn't is not concerned with that. She's just being her. Right. Right. And that said, I actually enjoyed her character. I think in this, this is my favorite representation of Harley. If you consider the original Suicide Squad, Birds of Prey and the cartoon. And the cartoon. Okay. And the cartoon. I liked her better than this. I would say the cartoon is the is the next step. And then the other two are, you know, towards the bottom. But I, I liked her performance in this, I think, the most out of everything I've seen her represented as a character in. Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. Yeah. So we are going to be guesting on Call It Like I Don't See It this week for their 50th episode. That is dropping on Monday. So tomorrow, if you're listening to this on when we drop our episode... And we will probably talk spoilers with the movie with them. So if you're interested in more thoughts that we have of the spoiler variety, go find Call It Like I Don't See It and listen to episode 50. It's going to be a good time. Any other thoughts on Suicide Squad before we move on? Action was really great. Mm. There was a lot of heart in this movie, which I wasn't really expecting. 
Uh, James uh, Gunn, it, man. Yeah, yeah. they kind of do, with Idris Elba's character, they kind of do the same thing that they did with Will Smith's Deadshot. Mm-hmm. As far as getting him to do what they want to do, but I'm, I'm, I don't want to go too deep into yeah, well, I was gonna say, it, but... I was gonna say, yeah, the setup is similar, but the way that they explore him as a character and his life, I think, was better. Yeah, and I do want to talk about one part in the movie. It's towards the beginning mm-hmm. when they're introducing uh, John Cena's character, mm-hmm. and she literally gives him the same summary of what he does as she gave Idris Elba's character. <laughs> yeah, I felt like that was a soft troll. That was a that was hilarious. Like. He's doing the same thing I do. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but I do it better. Just a big <laughs> pissing contest with those two, which I love. So, No, it yeah, was man, actually, uh, it was pretty good. All the characters played off each other really well. Okay. Yeah, I, I, if I had to, I'd give it a four, 4.5. It's it's same. Really, it's really fun. Four out of five for sure. Pretty solid. Not a perfect movie, but a lot of fun. Definitely better than average. Completely mm-hmm. agree with you. Completely agree. Yeah, yeah. Well, this week... My wife decided to hang out with me and play video games, which is super rare. Super, super rare. And I got her to play Tetris. Now, it's true that I kind of got her to play Tetris first. I was like, come check this out because I wanted her to experience it. I thought she'd really enjoy it. She kind of just freaked out the whole time. She's like, how can you play Tetris like this? Because... (laughs) I didn't realize, but her brain works a little differently than mine. Me, the more stuff coming at me and distractions, eventually it just kind of lulls me into a zone. And that's why I like about mm-hmm. Tetris Effect, the music and the vibration of the controller and the effects and the lights and the sounds and, and me playing Tetris. That all kind of fits together in like this rhythm and this groove, right? Which is what I love about right. that game. For her, it was like attacking her senses. And she's like, I can barely play Tetris right now. <laughs> but funnily enough, she asked to come down and play it again. So she still enjoyed it, even though it was a completely different experience for her. For her, it was nerve-wracking, like she was playing Dark Souls. Like, oh, wow. I thought that was such an interesting viewpoint to have of the game, just to have one person be relaxed by it and another person be terrified by it, but both enjoy it for completely different reasons. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I rarely get her interested in the game, but she really enjoyed it. She also was eyeballing The Sims because it's on Game Pass, so I downloaded it. I'll let you know if she ever actually gets into it. My wife definitely is not super interested in setting aside her precious, precious free time to play video games. There are many other things she'd rather be doing, watching her favorite shows, browsing TikTok, which is cool. But I just thought it was really interesting to watch her play Tetris. I kind of wish I recorded it because she was flipping out. It was great. (laughs) (laughs) What's happening? (laughs) I learned something interesting this week, too, about Joy-Cons. So people know that the Joy-Cons for Nintendo Switch have Bluetooth connectability. Some people may or may not know that you can connect them to your computer. And there are certain apps you can buy on Nintendo Switch that will take advantage of some of their functions. Like you can vibrate them if you lost one by turning it on remotely. You can use the infrared as like a, an alarm on the Switch, like a $2 app you can buy for that. What mm-hmm. I recently learned, which I, you know, it's not that impressive, but it's interesting and I think worthwhile for gamers to know. You ever been in a situation where you want to take a picture with your phone, but you don't want to hold it, maybe a group picture or something, and you have no way to kind of remote operate it? Well, it turns out you can actually hook up a Joy-Con to your phone via Bluetooth. It'll show up as Joy-Con. And then you can use that Joy-Con to remote operate your camera to take pictures if you want. Dope. Yeah. Yeah, that's a... Hmm. And cool that's little... been MC Paperstack's Joy-Con Tip of the Week. 
Oh, man, it's going to be a weekly thing? <laughs> nope. I don't know if there's that many things we can do with that. Not at all. Joy-Con um, tip of the week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll save that sound bit for sure. Uh, <laughs> the only other thing I learned this week that I think I want to mention is a bit of a correction. So I didn't have a whole lot of hands-on time with Samurai Warriors 5. I just was able to play the demo, right? And I was kind of mm-hmm. interested in getting it, but then more reviews came out and I learned a few things about it that I want to warn other people if they're fans of Warriors games that listen to the podcast. It is not as individualistic as I thought. I mean, yeah, the story kind of focuses on a younger Oda Nobunaga, mm-hmm. but him and another character kind of, and many characters, wield the same weapon the same way. So it's kind of like Dynasty Warriors 9, where, or I think even 6 did this, which I hated where many characters will wield the same weapon and the weapon has the same animation. So outside of maybe like one special attack, characters will start to play the same. And the fact that multiple characters have the same default weapon really sucks. And it has less characters. And any character can wield any weapon. So a problem with a lot of the modern Dynasty Warriors games where I I was praising how in the older games it would force you to try out different characters so you could try out the different weapon sets instead of just leaning on your favorite weapon and going through the whole thing. So, right. not that great. I heard Samurai Warriors 4-2 is a lot better. I can't really find it used right now. I did find a Samurai Warriors spinoff game that I'm going to be trying this upcoming Monday for those interested, if it arrives in time. So, But I think as far as 5, I'm going to hold off for a while. Other than the new art style, not really standing out much. And, and another low-effort offering from mm. Koei Tecmo and Omega Forest because they hate their original IPs. Right. Man, that sucks. It looked great. Yeah. I mean, no, I that's played it. But, that's know. the thing. It looks great. But then when you, when you get into the nitty gritty, you realize it's the same old bullshit. And that's what that's yeah. unfortunate. Speaking of some bullshit, man, <laughs> gamer friends release oh, a my. Yeah, they released a recent episode and Big Nakruma's talking that shit. He mm. said now that he's got his PS5 and his Series X, that I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to load times. And the PS5 isn't actually that much faster at loading. It's just that they have more games that are optimized, whereas the Series X hasn't had too many releases that have optimized its solid-state drive yet. Okay. Okay. We'll see about that in a second. I've did a little research this week, and I'm going to get into it. But one thing he said cannot be defended. Big Hmm. Nekrumah got into Ratchet & Clank on PS5. Good for him. I'm glad that we have another fan in the Ratchet & Clank community. It's his first Ratchet & Clank game. He said he played Jack and Daxter in the past, and then he said something so egregious. He said that Jack and Daxter and Ratchet & Clank are basically the same game. Oh, hell no. Basically the same game. Are you... Basically the same. Insane. Okay, if we're talking about the original games, Jack and Daxter was a platformer. He didn't even use any guns. He didn't right. even speak, okay? In the original Ratchet and Clank, they were jet-setting from world to world using all kinds of wacky weapons. They had extra game modes like the hoverboard races, right? Mm-hmm. Completely different vibe. Much funnier, in my opinion. That's like like saying Mario and Bubsy is the same game. How dare you? <laughs> and if you want to compare Jack 2 and 3, where he did start using guns, it was just machine gun, shotgun, handgun. It still wasn't the wacky and inventive weapons that Ratchet and Clank employs. Completely different games. How dare you, sir? Yes, how dare you? 
That said, we love your show, and the most recent episode of Gamer Friends is actually really excellent. They covered pretty much the entire month of <laughs> July. It was amazing. I loved it. Not to mention that Jack and Daxter got way more serious in tone in the second and third game. And Ratchet and Clank has always been very lighthearted. Thank you. Pretty much. Yeah, very just extremely lighthearted. The latest one had a bit of heart and emotional punch to it, but otherwise, Ratchet yeah. and Clank has just been basically fart jokes. <laughs> not as much heart as they telegraphed. I remember we were talking about our early impressions, like, where's this going? Not anywhere, like, super meaningful that you haven't seen before, right. unfortunately. But no, you're right. It has a lot more heart than Jack and Daxter, for sure. Jack and Daxter, definitely. People are making jokes about Jack 2, like it was basically the GTA of platformers. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was, and it was fucking difficult. <laughs> yeah, I liked it, though. I really enjoyed oh, I it. Yeah, for for a completely different reason, which is why Big Nick, how dare you? Right. But also love I'm you guys. Kill Praxis. But also how dare you? <laughs> but also love you. So he did inspire me to do my own research. I went out here and I watched a bunch of different videos. I even was able to research my own game. I don't have too many games on both the Series X and the PS5, and if I do, one's digital and one's physical. So mm. I was able to test one game. Because I have a digital copy of A Plague Tale on both PS5 and Xbox Series X. So, starting up the game from the beginning, loading it up, PS5 loads A Plague Tale in 52 seconds, Xbox Series X, 57 seconds. Not that much of a difference, pretty impressive either way, and that was my personal test. Now, I found this video by GameSpot. And it was putting out like insane times. And I was like, what is going on with this? And come to find out, they'd be lying. So if you find a mm-hmm. PS5, Xbox Series X comparison low times, they're using numbers from the PS4 Pro and the Xbox One X. And the Xbox One X definitely loaded way faster than the PS4 Pro. Just saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, that said, I did find some interesting videos that I feel like were a little bit more accurate And I compared a lot of different videos together to make sure that the times were similar and I wasn't getting any anomalies, which if I did, I didn't include those. But from turn on from like dead power, it takes the PS5 23 seconds to turn on. It takes the Xbox Series X 18 seconds. Okay. Okay. Point Xbox from rest mode. And remember, PS5 doesn't have quick resume, but if you have one game on rest mode, that game... And I, I can't remember the game that they tested, but it was the same game for both systems. The game that they had resumed from rest mode on PS5 took 13 seconds. Guess how fast it took for quick resume on Series X? Like two, two seconds. Two oh, seconds. Wow. Two seconds. Insane. So Damn. big ups, Xbox, right? And again, you can do that with multiple games. Get out of here. Mm. Resident Evil Village. PS5 can load up from a dead start from the menu in 11 and a half seconds, Xbox Series X, almost 30, or no, excuse me, uh, almost 27 seconds. It was like 26.96. So, uh, advantage PS5, very, you know, succinctly. Now we're going to get into what I think was the really interesting part of this. I have several games that were available last gen, because another thing he said was that a lot of the games from last gen don't seem to load much faster. This is where I feel like that I I think he is wrong. But this is where I also, the data really surprised me because I was touting how much faster PS5 is than Xbox Series X. And he's right. There are a lot of games that I can point to that are PS5 exclusives that were optimized really well 
for the PS5. But let's get into it. Watch Dogs Legion. On the PS4 Pro, it takes a minute 22. On Xbox One X, a minute 5. Xbox beat it. On PS5, it took 16 seconds. Huge difference. Wow. Series X, 23. So the PS5 kind of edged it out on that one. Red Dead 2, a minute 51 on the PS4 Pro. A minute 44 on Xbox One X. Xbox Series X was 37 seconds, while the PS5 was almost 50. So mm. Series X, way better with Red Dead 2. Who knew? Final Fantasy 15, a minute 7 on the PS4 Pro. 48 seconds on Xbox One X, 22 seconds on PS5, 8 seconds on Xbox Series X. Damn. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Warzone, 56 seconds on PS4 Pro, 47 on Xbox One X, 37 on PS5, and 26 on Xbox Series X. Destiny 2, one of Big Nick's favorite games. <laughs> PS4 Pro, 52, almost 53 seconds, basically. Xbox One X, 42 seconds. And then the PS5 and Xbox Series X, pretty much the same. They're both like 20, 28 seconds. Much, okay. much better on this generation than the previous one. Right. Valhalla, over two minutes on the PS4 Pro to load up. Mm. Xbox One X, a minute 27. And then the PS5 and the Xbox Series X, both between like 15 and 17 seconds. With the PS5 slightly edging it out. Again, not that big a deal. Borderlands 3, PS4 Pro, a minute 42. Xbox One X, 2 minutes and 27 seconds. That's weird. That's the only one I saw right. where it was re reversed. And then again, PS5 and Xbox Series X, 22 and 25 seconds. PlayStation's, you know, edging it out. Cyberpunk, this was really interesting. You go from the PS4 Pro having 51 seconds, Xbox One X, 46 PS5, 17 seconds. Xbox Series X, 8 seconds. Wow. Yeah. I know that they, there was a lot of in-depth tests done just on GTA 5. So when it comes to rest mode, loading an in-game file, doing, you know, your again, the quick resume based off of, or the rest mode, Xbox Series X edges out the PS5 between 5 and 10 seconds every time. When it comes to like when you die, so an in-game respawn or when you're switching to online, the PS5 was slightly faster. Hmm. Uh, also, on a disc install, if you're installing a game from a disc, the PS5 could do the same game in just under 13 seconds where it took the Xbox Series X 30 seconds. Now, I just threw a lot of numbers at you, but my conclusion, the solid-state drive on the Xbox Series X is just as capable as the PS5, and it's really going to come down to the optimization done for the games available for both systems. Okay. Yeah. Wow. They've been so feeding us lies. They've been feeding us propaganda and lies, and we bought it because we were Sony fanboys. Oh, yeah, uh, we bought that. Mm. Yeah. Now, not fanboys where I will vehemently defend and try to find data that fits my predetermined conclusion because I'm not some kind of mindless consumer bot. But, yeah, that's one more advantage that the PS5 tried to pretend like it had over Xbox Series X, but it does not. So I'd like to thank Big Nekruma for challenging me on that. Again, I feel like this generation, those previous games, both systems are loading them way faster, and that's awesome. But when it comes to faster loading times, it seems like the PS5 is doing good because the, the loading times are non-existent on their clearly exclusive flagship games where they're really optimized. Mm-hmm. And Xbox Series X is going to start to get a lot of those, too. And then we're going to see how that shakes out. 
at this point, the only advantage in my heart that the PS5 has over a Series X is exclusives that I like more and the controller. And that's it. Yeah. Everything else, to me, the advantage goes to Xbox. So it's catching up, if not exceeding, depending on what you value most. Yeah, and when the exclusives start coming out, oh boy. Oh boy. But hey, I love me some healthy competition, so let's go. Yeah. All right, well, uh, I gabbed enough about how my week was going and all the stuff I was getting into. How was your week, Derek? Uh, it was pretty good, man. I didn't do a whole lot of thirsting this week, but I do have some pickups to share. Actually picked up from GameStop Ease Memories of Celseta on the PlayStation Vita. Saw that. And yeah, and Ease games are very, well, not just Ease games, but Vita games are becoming very, very hard to come by because mm-hmm. everybody's buying them up since that PlayStation Store scare. And let's see what else. I also picked up Tales of Hearts R on the Vita. And it was crazy thing is it was inside of a Sword Art Online Vita game case. And when I opened it up, I was like, oh, this is much better. <laughs> Yay. Um, Zoid's Assault on the Xbox 360. It's a real-time strategy game that I have not played before, but it's pretty uncommon. And I also picked up Blitz the League 2 on PS3. Mm-hmm. Lost Planet Extreme Condition Steelbook Edition with the art book and everything inside of it. And finally, the Dark Souls Trilogy on PS4. I just picked that up today. So all this stuff will be available on the eBay store, ebay.com slash str slash gamergoodies and more soon. Excellent. Be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Other than that, so I got a haircut. And I don't okay. do that often. I don't mm-hmm. do that often because, one, I don't have to go into anybody's job and work for them. So I can just kind of be as scraggly as I want. But looking like Frederick Douglass. Exactly. And that's why, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why the logo has me with a little mini fro because it's like... That's what I'm going to look like most of the time. Mm. But I had to try out a new barber today because I'm going on a date with Victoria tomorrow. We're not going to have Nora, so we're going to go out to dinner and do some stuff. Okay. But I had to go to a new barber for the first time in, oh, I don't know how long. So I've been having the same guy cut my hair out of his house since I was like 18 years old. Mm-hmm. And I've only had to get my hair cut by other people maybe three or four times in that time span. Well, he just recently went to the Air Force, so now I don't have a barber. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, and so I had to try out a new barber, and that's, if anybody black is listening and they feel me on this, because trying a new barber is, like, one of the scariest things, because you don't know, they don't know your hair, they don't know your head, you don't know how good they are, you don't know they're going to fuck up your hairline, you don't know Mm. what's going to (laughs) happen. And so... I go in, and the guy's real cool, and he's got, like, a reclining chair and stuff. He starts leaning me back and cutting my beard, and I'm like, what is going on? What's happening? Then he pulls out the razor blade, like the straight-edge razor blade. I was like, oh, hell no. Because <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, I've never had this amount of detail put into my hairline before. It was ridiculous. He put the warm shaving Oh, okay, cream. so he wasn't trying to shave you with the razor blade. I was concerned no. for you. No, he put the warm shaving cream all on, mm-hmm. all on my line and then he just started deluxe yeah going at deluxe baby premium mm-hmm. purchase <laughs> and you damn right it is premium because it was $30 haircut I was like oh my god I haven't paid $30 for a haircut ever but was it worth it though it was worth it it was really mm-hmm. worth it he got me looking crispy clean and fresh 
Yeah. And I really appreciate it. His name's D. D the Barber. I know he's not going to listen to this, but he hooked me up. So thank you, man. I love it. The wife loves it. That's pretty much what's been going on with me, man. New barbers. Oof. I was, the anxiety was getting to me. I was like, oh my God, he's going to slice my neck <laughs> with this damn straight razor. Yeah. But no, he, he killed it, man. So. Yeah, I got to say, I feel like as men, we don't, I wouldn't say the, the word is pampered, but we don't treat ourselves as much as women do when it comes to the cosmetics, you know, like your manicures, mm-hmm. your pedicures, your haircuts, whatever. But go find yourself a professional ass barber, like, and get like a legit shave and a haircut. You know, the guy has the straight razor. He uses all the equipment. It's something else, and it's worth yeah. that extra money that you pay for sure. Yeah. So I'm glad it worked out for you. That's great. Yeah. Speaking of your pickups, I saw a few of those earlier this week on what we just started, which which was our brand new TikTok. Woo woo TikTok. Woo-woo. So I've been hmm, okay. Confession time. Okay. As I've said several times on the show, I am an older man, and. <laughs> As much as I hate to admit it, because I play video games, so you figured I'd be more into the tech side of things. And I typically am, and I do catch on to things pretty well. I know my way around a computer or two. <sighs> new technology and new fads still confound me at times. I've never understood Pinterest. Like, I still can't mm-hmm. wrap my head around. But luckily, I don't think people use that as much anymore. Right. But I remember seeing commercials for TikTok on YouTube when it first started. I know you probably did, too, because you watch as much yeah. YouTube as I do. And I was like, what mm-hmm. is this dumb shit? And I moved on, but then <laughs> yeah. it blew up and the wives love TikTok. And I actually, you know, I kind of enjoy it. I don't watch it near as much as she does, but I see why it's popular, but I still didn't get it as far as using it. And I've constantly been pressured. Like you should start a TikTok. You should start a TikTok. You should start a TikTok. I did do a personal TikTok and put a few videos. Nothing really happened. Story of my life. I don't uh, right. I do not do well with social media engagement, unfortunately, which is not good when you're the front man for a podcast, but we get by. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but amazingly enough, we started a TikTok. What was it, three days ago? Yeah, it was something, something very short time ago. And we're getting like mad engagement. Like it's been crazy. I've been posting at least one video a day, sometimes a few. I imported a couple from my old TikTok and... We've been talking. I mean, you put up stuff about your pickups. I put up stuff Mm -hmm. about my game collection. Today, I put up a TikTok about my Mario butt book that I'm still very proud of. And (laughs) yeah, it's it's just been going great. People have been liking and commenting and following. I even did a stick like Kristen's been teaching me about TikTok. She's like, okay, so they're bad when they import your audio. So you're going to want to do a voiceover. Here's how you record that. Here's how you can select the image for the video that people will see. Picking a good image is very key. Here's where you can actually write what the video is so that way people know what it is before they click on it. Here's the effective use of hashtags. Like she was really helping me out. And I, I'm starting to kind of figure it out and learn how to do it. You can actually go into the share button on videos you see. And if they allow the opportunity to duet, then you can watch a video and react to it or stitch. You can put your own additional information on the end of somebody's video. There was this guy showing off his Kingdom Hearts swords, and I stitched on the end of it and showed off my Drizzt Dorden swords that I recently bought. That was fun and stupid, and it cool. took me it took me literally a minute to do. <laughs> and he was showing off his Keyblades, sir. He was showing off his Keyblades. Not his, not his Kingdom Hearts swords. Okay. Oh, oh my bad. I'm sorry. I forgot I was talking to a fellow nerd and I was about to get checked. Yeah, Kingdom Hearts nerd. All That's day. Right. Show off them keyblades. I still don't get it. And I still don't get it. 
But yeah, no, it's been a lot of fun. So for those interested, I started a link tree for us and it's in our link tree and I'll be sure to include that in the show notes. So go to our TikTok, check out our video, show us some love. If you have any suggestions about videos you'd like to see us do, maybe you want me to show off more of my game collection, have Derek show off more of his, or we can talk about the various areas of expertise we have, whether it's just rapping about Final Fantasy X for 60 seconds or talking about <laughs> thrifting and the different strategies we employ. We aim to please. So I'm having a lot of fun with TikTok. I don't know. How did you find it since you put up a couple of videos? Uh, I like it. You know, yeah. I, I enjoy it. Like I told you, it's just it's hard to get me to do something when it comes to social media. But when I do it, I, I do it. Yeah, I no, I was big, so. I was amazed you you put up two videos so quickly. I was like, oh hey, look at Derek putting up videos. Yeah, All right now. You know, I'm trying. I'm trying. Well, you're succeeding, I think. So All right. speaking of trying and succeeding, brand. yeah, we gotta build that brand. Speaking of trying and succeeding, though, trying real hard to succeed at a segue into what we're playing. <laughs> <laughs> so Derek, this week, I gotta know what video games you playing, man. I'm playing Judgment. Mm-hmm. I'm still playing Judgment. I'm still loving it. Yay. It is just, it's, I, where am I? I'm on chapter seven, I think. So like you said, some of these chapters are like really, really short. Mm-hmm. I think chapters five and six were like maybe an hour each or something. Mm-hmm. I just passed the flashback chapter, which was chapter six, I believe. Cool. Yeah. All right. And yeah, I don't know how far you got. I might be a chapter or two game. ahead of you, but I got to go back and start playing Judgment or you're going to beat it before I do. I keep getting distracted. I'll talk about it later about why, but yeah. That's cool, man. I'm glad you're still enjoying it. Yeah, so doing that. Uh, new Pokemon Snap. Still playing that. as a little cooldown game. Mm-hmm. Still enjoying it. There's not much more to say about it. I uh, tried out new Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. Mm. Now, I've never played any of the new Super Mario Bros. games. Really? Yeah, I never played any. Not the one on Wii, 3DS, none of them. It's literally hey. the reason that I bought a Nintendo DS because of the new oh, Super really? Mario. Yeah, the original new Super Mario Brothers. I was like, this looks fucking cool. And I bought a DS Lite specifically for that game. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I played the deluxe version on the Switch, and I'm not a huge fan of it. Yeah. I think that as the years have gone on, 2D Mario and my love affair for it has just kind of waned mm. because I was a huge Super Mario World fan. I love that game. That is one of the most perfect games mm-hmm. that I've ever played. And I can go back and play that like it's nothing. But this game is just like, oh, my God, it's 2D, it's 3D. I keep dying because I guess I'm not that good at it <laughs> as I used to be. And I don't know. It's just not as engaging to me as the 3D Mario games are, which, I mean, well enough because you got Odyssey where you're transforming into different things and you know 3d environment in and of itself is just more engaging than a 2d environment most of the time so yeah, not really feeling that depends on the gameplay to be honest but yeah I, I yeah get you. i get you i have questions first okay, question go ahead. well no i'm sorry if you're if you're not done talking about the game please go ahead oh no no i'm, I'm pretty much done i just let vicky play it and she's she's liking it but she's also kind of like eh, okay i, I have know. questions okay. okay question number one did you play it co-op no you should do that I'm not saying that it's going to make you like it more all of a sudden, but it might because I think that those games really shine when you're playing with with friends. Okay. Question number two, have you played any of the Mario Maker games or Super Mario 3D World? Mm, None of the Mario Maker games. Yes to 3D World. What do you think about 3D World? Because it's not, obviously it's not a 2D 
It's right. 3D, but it's kind of like, to me, it feels like it's in between the 3D and the 2D games, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. because of the controls and whatnot. But how'd you find that yeah. one? Yeah, uh, I really liked it. Okay. I really liked that one. And I played that one co-op all the way through. Awesome. I would challenge you, if you ever get a chance to try it out, maybe in your thrifting adventures, while it's in your possession before you resell it, look at the Mario Maker games, especially if you can hook up online and play online levels. Because one of the skins is Super Mario World, so you have all of the tricks and the tropes and everything, Mm. and people are creating levels. And to me, especially as a fan of 2D Mario, not the biggest one out there, but, you know, hearing you say how much you love Super Mario World, I'm wondering if you would really enjoy the creations of other people when they make levels, or if you ever decide to do your own creative endeavors, like if you decide to make your own levels, how that might pan out. You don't strike me as the type of guy that likes to use creation tools though. Yeah. Am I wrong on that? Okay. No, you're, you're right. I'm not very creative in that aspect. We're all creative. It just depends on how much we flex that muscle and if we enjoy it. Right. I bet you can make some dope levels, but would you be having fun? Right. Right. Um, Okay, but at, at the very least, I think trying it and playing other people's levels, maybe that'll reignite it. Maybe you just need... Because I, I feel like the biggest critique of New Super Mario's U Deluxe and you know the game it's based off of was that it just kind of got stagnant with the ideas. The level design seemed to be more poor than a previous classic 2D Mario games. So mm-hmm. I'm wondering if the series got stale and then you got stale with it. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's Mario. And the last thing that I played, I actually played this a couple of weeks ago, but I forgot to talk about it. Mm. A Plague Tale Innocence. OK. When it was free on PlayStation Plus, I downloaded it, played it for about, I think, an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what kind of game I was expecting, mm-hmm. but it's not the game that I really got. But I am very interested to see where it's going. It seems like there's more of a supernatural element going on in the background mm-hmm. and it's more it's basically a sneaking game like yeah. a little stealth game it's basically a stealth game yeah for sure and there there are some combat elements like the main character she has a slingshot that she can use and there's like one-on-one battles that you have and i like it i was expecting the character that you play as the girl to be older but she's actually like maybe 13 or something like she's a kid yeah 13 to 16 like she's young and i was like Mm -hmm. oh i thought she was gonna be like older like 20 or something and the kid was gonna be like i don't know eight or something but they're they're young they're young kids and no they do a really i don't know if you felt this way but when i was playing it and for me it was a little bit further back so it's harder for me to remember some things but i just remembered feeling such a sense of dread for them like i was so scared Mm -hmm. for them you know what i mean yeah Mm-hmm. And they do a really good job presenting them as, as likable and vulnerable. So you really connect with them and really want to get them through. Did you feel that? Oh, yeah, definitely. When I was running, I really felt like I was like running for their lives. Like, it's yeah. like oh, my God, I got to get away. Oh, ah. God, please, no. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> and I die I, a few times. I'm like, ah. Uh, I know. It just, it just brings down your whole day. I failed you, children. Right. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you're getting into it. I want to replay it before the sequel comes out for sure, because I never actually got a chance to finish it. And I don't remember a ton of it because I played it so long ago. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's one of those kind of, I would say not a triple, like a double A game. Yeah. You know, I give it double. Yeah. Where it's, it's more robust than like your average small indie game, but it's not quite triple A, but it's just so 
overlooked and so enjoyable. And I hope that the sequel kind of puts more attention on it, especially now it's it's been given away on Games Pass and PS Plus. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. I think for people who enjoy a good story and enjoy just kind of intense sequences and intrigue, you could do a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, that's for great. sure. All right. Well, this week. I have been playing more Octopath Traveler. Not really much to say there. Not much new anyways. Just going through it. It's getting more sloggy because I'm getting towards the end. and I'm, I'm starting mm-hmm. to fall off. I don't know if I'll beat it for a second time, but I enjoyed my time with it. I already put, God, almost 60 hours into it. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I, I think I paid my dues. Yeah. Um, for Monday Night Brawlers, I ended up playing The Death and Return of Superman. Did you ever play that back on the SNES or the Sega? No, I never got a chance to. It's one of the better classic beat-em-ups. I actually like it even more now than I did when I was young and I rented it. What's interesting, I mean, it's rare to even play a good Superman game, unfortunately. I feel like Mm -hmm. most Superman games are mediocre to bad. Yeah. But I always found it intriguing, the whole death and return of Superman storyline. That was back when I was young and following comics more closely. And how he was killed by Doomsday, and then you had these other supermen that came to replace him. You had Superboy, the son of Krypton, Man of Steel, and then like Cyber Superman, whatever he was called. It's like Cyborg Superman. Yeah, yeah and he was like Superman. evil. Mm-hmm. What, what's cool about the game is you get to play as all those characters on different levels. You start off as Superman for a couple of levels, and then when he gets bodied, then you go to the other Superman. They have a dedicated button for attacks. You can grab enemies and throw them in different directions. Each Superman has different animations for their throws. So for the Cyborg Superman, it's either him or Son of Krypton. I can't remember. I think it's a Cyborg one. If you mm. do like a down throw, he'll like just take his gun arm and shoot the enemy in their gut a few times before he throws them. It looks awesome. <laughs> and I discovered this playing as an adult. I did not know this as a kid. You can throw enemies into the background by pressing up and smash different parts of the background environment and usually find items like health, special attacks, or one-ups even. And hmm. because you can fly as Superman, you can fly up as high as the level goes, especially like in city areas where the buildings are really tall. Sometimes you'll find special items up there if you fly up on a certain level. Cool. What I really love about it is that the enemies that shoot projectiles can actually hit each other. I used to hate it in games where they all have grenades and stuff and they'd be blowing up the entire screen and you're the only one taking right. damage. But yeah. in this one, if an enemy throws a Molotov and it hits another enemy instead of you, that enemy takes damage. Nice. What's even better is there are levels that have ground hazards like mines or electricity or whatever. If you fly and the enemy can't fly, they'll still try to track you. So you can fly over a mine, and when the enemy tries to go towards you, it'll get hit by the mine. Hilarious. (laughs) You have a dedicated button to a projectile attack, but it's kind of flaccid. For Superman, of course, it's his laser vision, or you can shoot like a beam of power from your hands, different stuff like that. It just serves to kind of stun the enemy for a second or two, but doesn't do a ton of damage. I don't know why it's there, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But again, the environments and the enemies are varied. You have different tactics for them. Maybe not as varied as, say, Battletoads, but for the time, really decent. So I think it comes standard on most of your quote-unquote handheld devices that you can buy nowadays and ROMs and things like that. Probably hard to find an original copy in the wild, but if you can... I'd recommend it. I had a really good time with it. I actually was playing it on my Ann Burnick this week for fun. So cool. I discovered a game on games pass called lonely mountains downhill. And it's got very simplistic graphics, kind of blocky pixelated, but like smooth. Mm -hmm. And so it's like HD. 
and you just ride a bike and go downhill with kind of realistic physics. So if you fall off too high of a jump, then you'll crash and have to start over. But the start over is like instant, almost like a la Super Meat Boy. You start off on a mountain trail trying to get down just as quickly as you can. And then eventually you unlock challenges. So you have to get down by crashing like 20 or fewer times. And if you do, you get on like a part for your bike or another mm. trail. There's shortcuts all over the place. You're constantly experimenting with just how far you can push the bike's limits and where you can drive your bike off. There's no music really to speak of. It's just nature sound. So it was one of those games where I could pop on Spotify and play in the background. I found that video game piano music really pairs well with this game. <laughs> But it's super fun. It's kind of an arcade experience for those who have Games Pass or, I mean, even if you don't, I think they sell it for pretty cheap, maybe even less than five bucks. I think it's on sale right now. Lonely Mountains Downhill is just super fun to kind of chill and play and hop on a bike and see how fast you can get down a mountain without crashing. So really into it. I loved it. I was I'm happy when I discover games like that. All right. For first time Tuesdays, I played Yoku's Island Express. Do you know about that game? I've heard, seen it and I've had it like and sold it before, but never yeah, played it. You play as a dung beetle, which is already great. I think it's one of Ben's favorite <laughs> animals, probably because it pushes around dung and he thinks that's hilarious. <laughs> um, but you're like, you go to this island, it has a very Hawaiian vibe, and you're supposed to be the new postman. So you're getting around by delivering mail and stuff, although not really right at first. At first, you're just trying to find like the other original package. But you very quickly devolve the plot into something attacked the god of this island. It's like this big, huge creature. You have to find out what it is. You have to go around to the different parts of the island and find the different leaders to get their help. The most interesting part about this game is how you get around. Because you're constantly pushing around your little, like, dung beetle ball. And I don't know if it's actually a ball of dung. It looks like it's just a smooth, round stone. And you're Mm -hmm. tethered to it. There's flippers all over the place. Like, pinball flippers. And you can use (laughs) the ZR and the ZL buttons. Because I was on on Nintendo Switch. But you can use the, basically, the R2 and L2 buttons to flick your ball around. And it just flicks your character all over the place. And you collect fruit wherever you go, and the fruit helps you like buy things, like expanding how much fruit you can carry. And eventually you get abilities that allow you to traverse other areas of the island. So it's kind of like a, a Metroidvania. The music is really, really good. The art style is good. The characters are written, not like super funny, but interesting and fun. And the mechanic of pinballing around is, is actually, it sounds like it might get frustrating at times, but it's not. It was super fun throughout. I had a great time playing it. So Good. it's on sale right now, too. And I would say put if, if you miss the sale, put it in your wish list or pay the full price. It's definitely worth it. I think it's like 20 bucks at most. OK, but it goes on sale pretty often. I think I got my copy for eight or nine bucks and I'm in love with it. I haven't had this much fun playing a game for the first time on stream since probably Wonder Song, where you played as the oh, bard, cool. which I thought was pretty yeah. good. So, yeah, I had a great time considering that my last few first time Tuesdays were so bad. We had a wonderful mm-hmm. 101. We had De- Deadly Premonition 2. We had Dungeons and Dragons Dark Alliance. It's just not been a great time for Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> this was uh this was definitely a breath of fresh air. So I had a lot of fun with it, and I'm sad that I slept on this game for so long because it came out in 2018. Mm-hmm. Speaking of newer games, though, Microsoft Flight Sim 2021 just came out and they dropped it on Games Pass. Nice. I was super curious about this game because this game like busts PCs. Like, 
You right. have to tweak. You have to tweak it a bunch, or you get slideshow frame rate out of this bad boy. And it it works surprisingly well on the Series X. I have to admit, there were very few hiccups. And the cool thing about it, you're online and it gets real time weather. So if you're flying, like oh. say over your hometown and it's raining, it'll be raining in the game. That's dope. I flew over approximately where my house is, and I think it uses maybe satellite imaging and maps to create the ground. If you get too close, it's almost like the house is growing out of the ground. It looks a little weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> but then bigger landmarks, like I went downtown to the circle in downtown Indianapolis, and it looks great. I even have a video on my Twitter for people who are interested in. But you can literally hop in, go to the closest airport. I went to Indianapolis airport, and you can fly out of that airport and just free fly and check out familiar landscapes. It's amazing. Cool. Yeah, yeah it's, it's cool. got a lot of other game modes, including game modes, of course, to teach you how to fly. It is a flight sim. And what's really cool about it is it's compatible with a lot of old flight sticks. Like, if you have an old flight stick, maybe for 360, there's a pretty good chance it probably works for this game. Nice. So it's also gigantic. I think I had, when I downloaded it, it was like over 100 gigs. Mm. Yeah, it's huge. Which kind of makes sense, considering that it's got the whole world. (laughs) Right. Yeah. um, (laughs) But yeah, I think for Games Pass owners, if you're not like a huge flight sim nerd or airplane nerd already, because if you are, you probably already bought it. But if you're not, I still think it's worth a look, because the novelty of just flying around and seeing familiar locations, or I'm going to fly over, uh, you know, Africa and check out pyramids. You know, I'm going to go to Mount Everest. You can do that. It's actually really cool. So nice. Uh, last Friday, I had scheduled to play Ghost Hunter. And if you remember, I'm really excited to play a lot of these obscure PS2 horror games for Friday Night mm-hmm. Frights. It was bad. The no. game wasn't bad, but I learned my lesson. I really need to test these games to make sure that they work well with emulation. There is a mechanic in Ghost Hunter, because it's kind of like Ghostbusters, where you can catch the ghosts. And uh-huh. the effect for catching ghosts uses translucent textures. Also, there are cutscenes where the ghosts will use those same textures, and there's like fog effects. And every time those are on screen, it slows down to like below 50% speed. It's like, it was almost impossible to stream without just being terrible, right? And I was trying to fix it while I was on stream, and I couldn't. And then I switched over to Obscure. But I forgot that I shut off the screen. So like the first part of Obscure, you couldn't see it. You just hear me talking about it. And the screen is black. <laughs> it was, I, uh, I, yeah, I deleted that stream and I did not Rookie upload moves. it on YouTube. Oh, it was bad. It was really bad. Now, luckily, even though there wasn't any fix online, like people knew about the bug, but there were no fixes. And I went through everything. I went through the textures and the shaders and this and that. And I was adjusting all these levels. You know what ended up being the fix for the slowdown? What's that? The resolution. Hmm. That's it. I head up on like 4K, obviously, so I can have like the, <laughs> the clearest crisp, which I mean, it sounds like it's intensive. It's not as a PS2 game, right? Right. And most games work just fine on it, but this one did not. I moved it down to 720, ran like a dream. All right. So tonight, which at the time of this recording, it'll already be up. I am going to go round two with Ghost Hunter. We're actually going to play it because the game itself was pretty interesting, to be honest. Okay. It's corny. It's got really bad dialogue, but the graphics are decent. And also the bad dialogue is funny. And uh, <laughs> you literally do have to hunt and catch ghosts. So it's like a Japanese take on what if a Detroit cop was a Ghostbuster also, though, a little bit. <laughs> it's really dumb. <laughs> and the last thing I got into, which I got into recently, and you can thank TikTok for this. I remembered that 
I had a really cool Drizzt Dorden character in Skyrim back on the 360. And oh, yeah. I didn't have a PC, and I made I made I, I managed to make a pretty convincing Drizzt without any mods. And I was like, I gotta check that out. So I went and popped my 360 version of Skyrim into Series X. It does not work. Mm. Unfortunately, it's one of the games they didn't update, which makes sense because there's a special edition available for Xbox One. True. However, I also noticed this week that Dynasty Warriors 6 doesn't work on Series X. And I'm like, wait a second. Come on, man. What's going on here? <laughs> yeah. So now I, I kind of have half a mind to like throw in all my games and see which ones work, but I don't really need to. There's a list online. I boast about how it's fully backwards compatible. Not 100%. And mm. Dynasty Warriors 6 is not that obscure. I'm a little upset that that's not backwards compatible. Yeah. So anyways, I started up Skyrim with the intent of making another Drizzt character to eventually show off on TikTok. Because I remember all the techniques for creating him and getting the equipment and stuff. Now, you can actually do mods on the special edition for Xbox One, which is pretty cool. And I'm going to try that out eventually, but I want to see how close I can get before I try the mods out. And then right. then we can switch to the mods, because obviously it's going to have a lot more accurate of a Drizzt character. And then I'll have a modern Drizzt or Urden game that's actually good, unlike Dungeons & Dragons Dark <laughs> Alliance. Yeah. Damn, that sucks. <laughs> now, this is the funny thing, the reason why I want to talk about Skyrim real quick, and I promise I'm almost done. Whew, lots of games. Mm, baby. Skyrim, I think this has been said before. It even may have been said by me before, but Skyrim is so goddamn good. Oh, yeah. Why is it so good, though? I don't know, man. It's so old. What did it come out? Like, 2012? Yeah, something like that. It's my first Elder Scrolls game, and I fucking played the shit out of that, man. It's my second one. I started with Oblivion, uh, and okay. I went back and played Morrowind. It's okay, but I, I think it's probably better in its time. People, A lot of people prefer Morrowind to Oblivion. Mm-hmm. I, I would agree with that, at least. But yeah, it's just, there's something about Skyrim that I can't quite place my finger on, but I'm constantly wanting to play more of it because there's just so much to do. Right. right? Even with all its flaws, like it's yeah, still like perfect. Skyrim is a time machine. I swear to God, it feels like I've been playing for two minutes. And when I look at the clock, it's been like a half hour. It's mm-hmm. insane. And I think it's because I'm constantly like, oh my god, I gotta get, I gotta find some mines, I get some ore, because I gotta get my smithing up so I can make some cool equipment. Ooh, I got, I got this whole, I got this whole list of enchanted items. I need to go disenchant so I can learn more enchantments to get my enchantment up. Ooh, I gotta join the thieves guild. Oh, I'm gonna rob everybody I see. Ooh, what does this person have? Rings, stealing them. That's the other thing too. I don't know what this says about me, but I love just stealing so much shit in that game. (laughs) I pickpocket every person I meet. And I rob all the house. Like, I just cannot stop stealing shit in Skyrim. What's wrong with me? You're a kleptomaniac, man. I am. It's crazy. I would never do that to people in real life. Like, steal from a large (laughs) corporation? Yes. If anybody out there is planning a heist, like, against, I don't know, like a bank or Walmart or whatever, just know that I'm GTA style. Yeah, definitely. You know, fuck them corpse. But, like, regular average everyday people? I would never do this to people. But in Skyrim, I can't stop nicking things. I don't know what's wrong with me. (laughs) So I have like an addiction. I have to steal all their shit and just go. <laughs> and I sit on my right. pile of like I buy a house really early, usually in white run. And I just throw all my hoarded wealth. I don't even try to like fence or sell most of it. I just keep it. I don't know why I sit mm. on. I sit on my Screws mountain my of ill gotten gains like a dragon. <laughs> I guess I am the dragonborn. Maybe it's the yeah. dragonborn in me. Now Maybe. That I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe it's Dragonborn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, that is it for me. Now, 
normally this would be the part of the show where we go to gaming news. Here's the thing. Not a whole lot of gaming news this week. The only thing that's really been happening is just the ongoing drama with Blizzard. And who is it juicy? Follow mm. Jason Schreier on Twitter because he's always posting up when new stuff happens. He did a really good timeline showing the before and after of the Activision acquisition and how that had little to no effect on how bad Blizzard is. In fact, if anything, I think they're worse off because Activision is starting to take a lot more control. Recently, they mm. fired head of Blizzard Entertainment, J. Allen Brack. And I feel like that allowed Bobby Kotick to install more of his lieutenants on the Blizzard side and really crack down. Because Blizzard's been known, I think, for putting out good game after good game and not really worrying about shareholders or putting out games on time. They just take their time and put out the game when they're damn good and ready. But that's right. not the Activision way. And so we're seeing mm -hmm. a lot of pressure from them, which is probably making working environments worse, which maybe even had played a, a part in exposing a lot of the stuff that we've seen a little faster than it naturally would have been. Who knows? That's probably the only good that came out of it because now all the workers are like overworked and stressed out and filled with anxiety for mm -hmm. working under Activision conditions, right? Yep. But a recent article came out on Bloomberg just kind of covering a lot of overlooked stories that came out. You could have read them this whole time, but just never really caught on. I feel like the Me Too movement was really delayed in the video game industry. I mean, yeah. I'm one of the few people... And it's not like I'm not I'm the only one, but I don't hear a lot of people, even people that are leftist or very critical of the gaming industry, talk about how bad Ubisoft is, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, they're terrible. And now they're getting more light shown on that because of how big this Blizzard thing has blown up. But there was a story recently that came out that they talked about, a little bit of an anecdote, where Ben Kilgore was fired in 2018. He presided over, like, one of the worst group of sexist drinkers over in Irvine for Blizzard. And at the time, when they had a staff meeting about why he was let go, Derek Ingalls, which he's now the head of the tech department, basically responded to inquiries about why Kilgore was let go with, uh, well, basically, don't sleep with your assistant. And if you do, just don't stop. Mm. That's wild. HR, <laughs> HR in the room, standing silently by while all that was said to actual employees during an actual employee meeting. Wow. And it covers like how they started with a three person team and they were kind of new and nerdy. And, you know, I mean, it was more like teenage bedroom, like they'd have scantily clad girl posters up on the walls and stuff. But there wasn't a ton of harassment. But then how they started making hit after hit. World of Warcraft right. just made them rock stars. A lot of the higher ups started to view women customers and fans less as customers and fans and more as groupies to be taken advantage of sexually tons of mm -hmm. stories about how that all went on like the the stories and the evidence is just piling up and it is not looking good so if you're into following that if it doesn't depress you too much because man that stuff you revealed last week really got to me especially about that woman who took her own life that was terrible yeah yeah it's crazy man but i'm glad it's getting out i really am and i hope it has an effect on the industry because if you think blizzard and ubisoft are the only ones you are dead wrong Mm -hmm. uh, this industry is likely rife with it. And like our government probably just needs to be burned down and started back from scratch. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if there really is an internal fix for this, to be honest. But again, personally, not going to be supporting them with my wallet for obvious reasons. It sucks that when I see a game sale, I have to go and look at the publisher and developer before I decide if I want to buy it or not. But that's the world yeah, that I right. live in. So, yeah. 
All right, well, let's get on to something a little lighter in tone. We have listener questions this week. So on Facebook, Kevin H. asks a very hyper-specific and nerdy question that I kind of love, and it involves two Smash Brothers characters. We got Joker, along with the Phantom Thieves, and the recently announced Kazuya okay, Mm -hmm. from Tekken. So Kevin writes, do you think that Joker and the Phantom Thieves would be able to defeat Kazuya by stealing his heart? Or would it be hard for them to succeed due to the devil gene that Kazuya carries in his blood? Now, you're Mm. more of the Kazuya expert than I am. For the layman out there listening, what is the devil gene? How does it affect him? And would it have any effect on whether or not the Phantom Thieves could take over his heart, do you think? Okay, so basically the devil gene is a genetic mutation that he received from his mother's blood from her side of the family. His mother was the first one to receive the devil gene, I believe. Okay. All it does is allow him to transform himself into a devil and it gives him supernatural abilities. That's pretty much it. It's not him being possessed by an otherworldly creature, being possessed by a devil, evil spirit, what have you. Mm. So as far as the Phantom Thieves having issues, I don't think that they would have too big of a problem stealing his heart. The issue would come in catching him off guard and being able to get inside his inside his palace to begin with, because he's a pretty well-guarded individual and he's got. I don't know. He's got a lot of uh, stuff going on. How do I'm trying to remember well, how yeah, the let, Phantom Thieves? Yeah, I was gonna say let's explain the Phantom Thieves too, so that way we can okay. kind of really expand out this question. So okay. let's use the first palace in Persona Five as an example. Okay. So the way that it works, and they base it off of Jungian philosophy, of course, is you have your id or your kind of forward-facing personality that you show the world, and then you have you know your inner personality that you hide, your persona, right? Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe your persona is what you project. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to mess up the philosophy. Go read up on it. It's, it's, it's interesting. So we had a, a gym teacher at the school who was abusing students, but he was facing off like a good teacher and his volleyball team won games. So the school, even if they heard rumors, they'd look the other way. When they got into his palace through this mysterious app installed on their phone, they saw his distorted view of the school was more like a castle that he was the king of. And all the students were his slaves and did his bidding. And they were often tortured, right? Mm-hmm. So the way that the Phantom Thieves enter the world is, and the way that any Persona game works where they enter into the the id or the personality of the people whose they, they want to change or help face down their own demons, is usually kind of lightly explained as the main character kind of gains the power to help change the world. And, and again, in Persona 5, it's an app in their phone. They have to know keywords. So I think they stumbled on the keywords because one of the students was complaining about, oh, stupid Kamashita. He thinks he's the king of the castle, right? Mm-hmm. And so they said what he would view the palace as and his distortion that he's the king, and that got them in. So what do you think Kazuya's keywords would be? If he's very well guarded, how does he remark or view the world? How does he regard the world or other people? People to be defeated, just stepping stones to his power? I mean, how would you describe it? Uh, I would describe it as people to be defeated. Kazuya is all about gaining power and vengeance. 
against his father specifically. So thinking maybe power, vengeance would be keywords. And what would the world maybe- look like to him, do you think? Hmm. Probably just a fucking hellscape, honestly. And this has nothing to do with the uh, with the devil. It's just that he's burning with such rage. It's just kill or be killed in his of, mind. Yeah. And the fact that his father threw him into a volcano is like <laughs> part of it as well. Like yeah, a hell, a burning hellscape, literally. Okay. So all right, so we got a volcano level, and right. when oh, they when they steal his heart or his coveted treasure, it would probably be something that represents maybe the lost love between him and his father. You think? Um, because that that might be the source of his distortion is that. His father treated him so badly, and he feels like that he has to get strong and get vengeance against his father rather than forgive him and move on with his life. True. Because Heihachi never really treated him with love. Never. Yeah. Yeah, So it's really about how he views himself and how he has to establish himself. Yeah, interesting. I I agree with you. I think that the Phantom Thieves would have no problem stealing his heart. I think it'd be a very interesting level and a very interesting boss. Once his heart was stolen and he goes back to being a good person, do you think he then he's probably still a fighter? Do you think he'd act more like maybe Ryu to, to switch fighting game genre or fighting game games <laughs> like Street Fighter? <laughs> do you think he'd be more like, OK, I'm just going to fight you one on one. Fair's fair and not completely crush you. Maybe he's not consumed by vengeance. He forgives his father. I mean, what does that look like? I mean, I'm assuming it has something to do with forgiveness. It, I guess it just depends on what the Phantom Thieves are trying to achieve. Like, what are they yeah. trying to stop Kazuya from doing? Well, what does Kazuya do? To... I mean, I know he's in a fighting game tournament. Does he kill people? Does he hurt people? Does he... Oh, yeah. So, throughout the games, basically, he's trying to, again, get vengeance on his father. He takes over this corporation called G Corporation in order to combat the Mishima Zaibatsu, who's led by Heihachi. And it's just, uh, there's just a, <laughs> Tekken is, is something else. It's ba- basically just two corporations going against each other with a bunch of little smaller fighters caught in the middle and they basically pick a side. Hmm. And then you got Kazuya's son, Jin, who ends up taking over the Mishima Zaibatsu. And it's just, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot to explain. Fighting games are not really known for their, well-told stories cohesive yeah yeah. (laughs) just kind of like a bunch of shit happening i mean i I don't know man he's he's just his main goal is vengeance and in uh spoilers for tekken 7 in tekken 7 he actually does achieve his goal of defeating heihachi and he throws him into a volcano (laughs) okay well, we so, got we got to get yeah. Kazuya to stop throwing people in volcanoes. I think that's, right. That's what the yeah. Phantom Thieves is trying to stop. And if he stops pursuing vengeance, maybe he uses his corporation to help people instead of maybe constantly okay. fighting. Who knows? All right. Well, I hope that that was a good enough interpretation for you, Kevin, and you enjoyed that. And uh, we look forward to any additional listener questions we can find out there, whether that's through. Facebook or TikTok or YouTube or email, whatever, whatever. You know how we do. I guess the only thing that I need to know now at this point, Derek, this week, is what are you, as a person, feeling? I've been waiting to talk about this since I started watching it. I am feeling an anime called To Your Eternity. It's on HBO Max. Mm -hmm. It is very... The premise is very weird. Okay, so... 
What? Basically, wait, wait a second. You're right. There's, there's an, an anime, anime and the premise weird is weird. <laughs> Get so out of bas- here. So basically, there is a character called the Beholder, which is basically, I'm just going to call him God. And he decides to throw this orb down to Earth. And the orb is meant to grow and learn and eventually have as much information it can about the planet and its people and its inhabitants and animals and everything mm-hmm. to where it can eventually, I guess, save the world. I don't, they haven't really explained it yet, but when he first throws the orb down, it turns into a rock and then it gets covered with moss. And then there's a wolf that comes by and the wolf dies on, on the rock that it turned into. And then that stimulates it and it transforms into a wolf. And then so on and so forth. So basically through emotional responses and trauma, it can take on the forms of different entities. And it's so fucking cool, man. It's basically an immortal being that can transform into anything. It meets characters along the way. It's a very, very sad show. Very painful things happening in the show. Hmm. And right now there's only 10 episodes out. I'm watching it in the English dub, which actually isn't that bad. And you just, you're going, you're watching the orb and the name ends up being named uh, Fushi. You're watching Fushi grow and learn to speak and just learn how to feed himself. And because at first, like he's not able to, he doesn't understand anything. So he's like soiling himself and he's not eating and he just keeps dying over and over again, but he keeps reviving. And it's just, it's really a really crazy premise, and I'm really enjoying it. Hmm. It sucks that, like, the season's not over, so I can't, like, binge watch it. I got, I binged, like, seven episodes in a day, and then I was like, okay, time to watch the next episode. The next episode's going to be really dope from that preview, and then it wasn't on. And I was like, no! So it comes on every Wednesday, and right now there are ten episodes out. I implore you, if you... Enjoy anime. You love weird premises. It's this is this is a really good one. Okay, like, it's really good. The animation is top notch. It's so good. I love. You got it. me intrigued. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I kind of wish I went first. I'm. No, I'm sorry. What I'm feeling is way less interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I. Let's talk about it. <laughs> well, I've been having the same thing for breakfast for like the past couple of months, and okay. I'm obsessed. I'm feeling avocado toast. I don't know what that says about mm. me. But I've been ordering avocados from the grocery store every week, and I take those avocados, and I, I take one avocado every morning, and I spread it on two pieces of toast. I add salt and pepper. I add dashes of Mexican hot sauce, Valentina. Mm. Uh, Valentina is my favorite Mexican hot sauce, and uh, I eat it, and it's delicious, and I'm obsessed. And it's a simple, <laughs> quick breakfast. I don't have to cook anything, and I'm getting my fats and my good fats from the avocado, getting my spice and my toasty toast and uh i don't know i'm just if you're in a breakfast rut and you're not sure what to eat get some avocados and spread them on some toast and then put salt and pepper on there and some hot sauce and there you go all right that's what i'm feeling this week and every week it it just feels like and i wanted to talk about it because it's been a part of my life and no one's talking about avocado toast like they should right avocado toast is not getting (laughs) It's not getting, getting the place. Yeah, it's a rev- it's a re- it's it's a revolution of of taste and flavor in your mouth every morning for breakfast. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To your eternity and avocado toast. Get on it. 
<laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick break for an ad, but we'll be right back after these messages. All right, and we're back. What a great ad that was. It's the same ad we use every time. <laughs> yeah. What are you, you going to do? But anyways, if the people are trying to figure out where they can get those gamer goodies and more, and they want to get a hold of you, Derek, where can they find you at? They can check out the eBay store at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. I'm on Instagram at gamer goodies more and Twitter at goodies underscore more. And if you're trying to find me personally, I'm on Twitter at Mike Peterson AL. I also Twitch stream. That's twitch.tv slash MC Paperstacks. Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays. I'm doing brawlers. I'm doing horror games. I'm trying games out for the first time. I'm doing some casual stuff where I'm just hanging out. If you want to see any of the archive streams from that channel, you can go to YouTube at MC Paperstacks Plays. And as far as the podcast itself, of course, we're on our hub at anchor.fm slash player two is under the pod. You can listen to us there or wherever you can find podcasts. And that includes Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. If you have any questions and want to get a hold of us directly, you can email us at mcpaperstacks at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash player two is under the pod. You can find us at YouTube. Player two is under the podcast channel. We're on TikTok now. So check us out mm-hmm. at tiktok.com slash at player two has entered the pod. And of course, we have our Patreon. That is patreon.com slash player two has entered the pod. So many ways to find us. So many ways to engage. I love it. Anyways, I think that'll be our show for this week. Don't forget to check us out on Monday. Tomorrow as the time we drop this episode on Call It Like I Don't See It episode 50. We'll be hanging out with the guys and having a good time. And we will see y'all next week. Love you. Peace.